When I was a little boy, and we went from our house to town, around a real sharp curve, there was a sign to the right that said, Prepare to meet thy God. If you drove on past Vernon as you went toward Columbus, Mississippi, also on the right hand of the road at a place called Furnace Hill, there was also a sign that said, Prepare to meet thy God. I looked yesterday as I drove home. I did not see either one of those signs present now. I'm sure that after the number of years, they probably worn out, the paint has faded, but they haven't been replaced. You know, there was a time when people really wanted to encourage people to prepare to meet God. Amos, in Amos 4 and verse 12 said, Prepare to meet your God, O Israel. Let me begin by introducing our lesson by asking a question. Have you ever had trouble getting someone's attention? Maybe someone is out in the yard or maybe they're out in the field and you raise your voice, you yell at them and you can't get their attention. Maybe some of you ladies are wanting your husbands to do something and you call out their name and they don't answer. Maybe you call out their name a little louder with a little more intensity, and you still don't get their attention. You know, the problem is sometimes we choose not to hear. We choose not to listen. Do you know that God had trouble getting Israel's attention? And Amos was a prophet during this period of time. He was a prophet during a time of both prosperity and perversity, they had so many things, as future lessons, Lord willing, will reveal. They were blessed in so many ways. But they also were very perverse. They lived in a world where God was no longer important. In fact, their life was simply religious, only out of convenience to themselves. The truth is, judgment was inevitable. The pathway that they were on was a pathway to destruction. And if things continued as they were, you know where it's going to lead. Yet God sent to them prophets. God wanted those people who had an opportunity to hear to do so. In a passage very similar found in the book of Ezekiel chapter 2. And he said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel. To a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. For they are impudent and stubborn children. I am sending you to them and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord. God. As for them, whether they will hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. Now, verse 7, 
You shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are rebellious. Folks, let me tell you why this sermon this morning is so important to us. It's because we live in a similar time. We have people who are very prosperous, and yet we have a nation that is very perverse. God is trying to get our attention. Not in a miraculous way, but as the Word speaks, and as those who preach it speak it faithfully, that same message comes out, either you repent or you will be judged for it. I want us to look at three things from Amos chapter 4, and I encourage you to open your Bibles as we study this chapter. We're going to see the first part is judgment is deserved. There were things that were going on that deserved to be judged by God. Number two, judgment was demonstrated in the past where they could look back and see how God had dealt with man throughout history. Number three, judgment was determined. There was no changing it. Judgment's coming. Let's begin, first of all, and look at the many reasons for judgment. To do that, we need to look at Amos chapter 4 and verse 1. And I'd suggest to you the first thing that he's going to discuss is Rowdy women. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountain of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to their husbands, Bring wine, let us drink. Now, as you begin... I would dare say most of us would not want to refer to women as cows. That's not exactly a way to influence people in a positive way. But Amos was not interested in winning friends and influencing people. Amos was concerned that what God said to say, he was going to say it. And if they liked it, or they didn't like it, he was still going to preach it. Why does he call them cows? Well, as you will observe in studying, there's and cows of Bashan, Bashan was known as a very fertile pasture land. It's referred to a number of times in Scripture by those terms of that fertile field. But there's also the fact that Jeroboam, who had started the northern kingdom, started out with a worship of calves. And so taking the idea of these women and taking the idea of the idolatry that was a part of it, he calls them you cows of Bashan. Psalm twenty-two, twelve says, Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. The idea here is the location is not favorable. In other words, it's not a spiritual place. Number two, that of these female cows here, you kind of Bashan. What you notice about these women is they've totally disregarded the poor. They don't care about the poor. Now, when you think about that, I think about our society today. 
Occasionally I will take the little clicker button and go through the TV channels and I'm going to tell you something that just astounds me today. How many of the society people today have been put on TV and I don't know why. Why do I want to see spoiled rich girls talk about all of their infidelities and talk about all of the ugly things that they do? They bossed around their husbands. What did they say to them? They said, bring us wine. Let us drink. We want a party. Amos chapter 2 verse 8 says, They lie down by every altar on clothes taken in pledge and drink the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. They're idolaters. They're drinkers, when you get to chapter 6 and verse 6, who drink wine from bowls and anoint yourselves with the best ointments but are not grieved with the affliction of Joseph. Let's just party. Let's have a great time. Let's don't worry about poor people. Let's don't worry about other people's needs. As I see many of these people on the television I see they're just wanting to have a party. They don't care about anybody but themselves. Just make me happy. That's a society that judgment is deserved. The second thing that you will see of these reasons for judgment was the religious error. Notice with me Amos chapter 4 verses 4 and 5. Come to Bethel and transgress Gilgal and multiply transgression. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your tithes every three days. Offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven. Proclaim and announce freewill offerings. For this you love, you children of Israel, says the Lord God. And you read that and you say, well, he's talking about bringing sacrifices. He's talking about sacrifices of thanksgiving. He said you need to proclaim and announce the free will offerings. Is this not a good idea? I want you to notice, he says, come to Bethel and transgress. You see, the first thing that you will notice about this is they have chosen the wrong place to assemble for worship. In 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 28 through 33, we read, The king asked advice, made two calves of gold, and said to the people, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel, and the other put in Dan. Now this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one as far as Dan. He made shrines on the high places, priests from every class of the people who were not of the tribe of Levi. Jeroboam ordained a feast in the 15th day of the 8th month, like the feast that was in Judah, and offered sacrifices on the altar. Now I want to stop here at this point. What was taking place is God had said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and here's how I want you to worship. But they said, no, we're going to go to Bethel. We're going to go to Dan. And he changed the place. You know where the blessings are found today? 
Ephesians 1 and verse 3, all spiritual blessings are found in Christ Jesus. That is in his body, the church. Do you know where people are seeking them? They're seeking them in New Age religions. They're seeking them in Islam. They're seeking them in man-made churches. And those blessings aren't found there. Second thing he did, he changed the object of their worship. Instead of worshiping the God of the Bible, according to 1 Kings, he said, you worship these calves. Hosea 9.15, all their wickedness is in Gilgal. For there I hated them because of their evil deeds. I will drive them out from my house. I will love them no more. All their princes are rebellious. Verse 11 of chapter 12, though Gilead has idols. You see, you go to Bethel, you go to Gilgal, because you're going to worship your idols. You're going to worship your gods. Oh, now I begin to understand. This is religious error. They're religious people, but they're religiously wrong. The third thing they're doing, it is in the wrong manner. Leviticus 12 or 2.11. No grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven. But they were. And they were doing it for the wrong motive. For this pleases you. It's American Standard reading of this passage. This makes you happy because this is what you want. Folks, our worship is not about us. Our worship is about our God and what He wishes and what He desires. So you have judgment deserved because you have rowdy women who are just pleasure-partying animals. You have religious error. And then you have them riding roughshod over the poor. Look with me at verses 11 through 13 of chapter 5. Therefore, because you tread down the poor and take grain taxes from him, though you have built houses of hewn stones, yet you shall not dwell in them, you have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink wine from them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins, afflicting the just and taking bribes, diverting the poor from justice at the gate. Therefore the prudent keep silent at that time, for it is an evil time. And when you look at that, you see people who are poor being forced to pay taxes of their grain, the food that they eat. They have to use that to pay taxes while the rich people are enjoying their beautiful hewn mansions. You see, the taking of bribes so as to not give the poor his justice. Here he brings a matter, but he doesn't have the resources, he doesn't have the funds and so the rich man pays the judge at the gate. He doesn't care about the poor. The prudent keeps silent. There's nothing that can be said. Do you ever feel in our country, in our society today, that you, every time you speak out, it doesn't mean a thing? Nobody seems to be listening? Judgment was deserved. Now, 
judgment demonstrated. How do you know how a person will react in a certain situation? For instance, several of you know me real well. What if you came to me and said, Tony, we don't like that sermon you preached. How do you think I'd react to that? You think I'd get real mad? Storm out? You think I'd turn and cry? You see, you know how a person will react because you've had a past with them. How do you know how God means what he says? When God says, this is what's going to happen to you, how do you know God's going to do that? And how do you know the character of God? Well, God has a history. And you can look and see his responses throughout history. I can go back to the creation with Adam and Eve and how God loved them. And yet God still put them out of the Garden of Eden. I can look how God loved this world and how he gave Noah a big boat on which to live so as to preserve him. When God wiped this world clean. Well, I want you to look. God brought up with Israel. Here's what I've given you. Let's just briefly scan verses 6 through 11. Verse 6. Also I gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities. And a lack of bread in all your places. A famine. God said I sent a famine. To try to get your attention. Verse 7 and 8. He said, I withheld rain from you. When there were still three months to the harvest, I made it rain on one city. I withheld rain from another city. One part was rained upon, and there were, did not rain the part withered. So two or three cities wandered to another city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. He said, I sent a drought. And he says, I sent it in such a way so that you would know that it was given to you. Verse 9, pestilence. He said, I blasted you with blight and mildew when your gardens increased, your vineyard, your fig trees, your olive trees. The locusts devour them, yet you've not returned to me, says the Lord. The death of young men. In verse 10, he says, I sent among you a plague after the manner of Egypt. Your young men I kill with a sword along with your captive horses. You see, God said, I brought about something that brought about the death of your people. In fact, verse 11, I overthrew some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And yet you were like a firebrand plucked from the burning, yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. You see a phrase that keeps repeating at the end of each of those? Yet you have not returned unto me. Why did God bring all of these punishments upon the people? He wanted to get their attention. He wanted them to change. Judgment was held out in front of them. And God said, you better prepare. You better prepare. You better prepare. And I'm trying to get your attention. And you know what they did? They turned a deaf ear to everything that God was saying. 
Which brings me to the third part of our lesson. Judgment is determined. Since all of God's efforts failed, only one alternative remained. Judgment. Prepare to meet your God from verse 12. And I want to ask you, what more could God have done to try to reach the ears and the hearts and the minds of these people? What else could he have done? It's just like Isaiah 5 and verse 4 says, What more could have been done to my vineyard than I have done in it? When I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? God prepared a people. He prepared a place. He prepared prophets. He gave them instructions. They didn't listen to it. He tried to call them back. They still didn't listen to him. What else could God have done to get their attention? Fast forward to us. Man today must realize that after death, judgment awaits. Hebrews 9.27 still says, And it is appointed unto men once to die, or to die once, but after this the judgment. We are rushing through this world one by one, as the song says, heading toward the setting of the sun. And you and I need to realize that after death, judgment comes. Well, now what about men today? The Bible is more accessible and yet more neglected than at any previous time in history. Can a person have a copy of the Bible today? Well, you can get it in print. You can get it real cheap. I guarantee if you say, I don't have a Bible and I want one, you will have one before you leave here this morning. Nobody will leave without a Bible that wants one. In fact, in this world, the Bible is being sent into so many places, but how many people are are actually reading it? But it's not just a printed copy. You can have the Bible digitally. You can have it where you can read it on any number of formats. You can have it in taped form, audio form, where you can listen to it. Someone says, well, I can't read well. Well, okay. You can be provided with a Bible that you can listen to. Listen to someone else reading it to you. It's so accessible that just about anyone in this world who wants a copy of God's Word can have it. And some of us have got multiple copies of it. And yet, you go out on the street and you ask a person a simple, basic Bible question. And many times, you will have vast ignorance. Are we not like the people to whom Amos was sent? Man's prosperity has deceived him into thinking that God either does not see or he does not care. Listen to Psalm chapter 10, verses 3 through 7 and 11. 
For the wicked boast of his heart's desire. He blesses the greedy and renounces the Lord. The wicked in the pride of his countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. His ways are always prospering. Your judgments are far above out of his sight. As for his enemies, he sneers at them. He has said in his heart, I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue is trouble and iniquity. He has said in his heart, God is forgotten. He hides his face. He will never see. People take God's name in vain every other word in many places. They act as if there was not a God in heaven who looks down and hears His name being blasphemed. Our society today, just like Psalm 10, no longer fears God, no longer respects God. In spite of the fact that the Bible is so accessible, in spite of the fact that God has done so much, Judgment Day is going to take many people by surprise. When the trumpet sounds and the dead are raised and judgment is there, listen to Matthew 24. But of that day and that hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them away, all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. It's going to be in such a fashion that everybody's going to be going about their daily activities. Nobody's going to be paying attention. Well, I won't say nobody. Many will not be paying attention. And judgment is here. And are we ready? Peter writes, But the Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some count slackness. There's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will melt or pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works in it will be burned up. Folks, that's coming. When I read the book of Amos, I look and shake my head and say, why didn't Israel get it? God was screaming trying to get their attention. And Israel was turning a deaf ear. God looks at our generation and wonders, why don't we get it? Why is it that a nation that has been so responsible for sending missionaries, Bibles, the truth around the world now has homosexual marriage being pushed in almost every state? Why is it that 55 million babies have been murdered by abortion and our country just seems to turn a deaf ear to it? Why is it 
that people act as if there will be no judgment. Well, you come up with judgment is coming. And the message of Amos 4 verse 12, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Now here's the question to this audience, us who are here today, are you ready to meet God? If you're not a Christian, let me tell you, with all the love in my heart, you are not ready. That if Jesus comes now, your judgment is certain. You don't get to make it to heaven. Because you have not yet owned Jesus Christ as Lord. None of us would want to die missing heaven when you had an opportunity like this. If you are a Christian and you know that there's sins that you've not repented of, you know better. God's trying to get our attention through His Word. If you need to respond, please come while we stand and sing.